The following is an original audio series from Sierra International Machinery, Pile of Scrap, with your host, John Sacco. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to an episode of Pile of Scrap, Washington, D.C., <laughs> and I'm here with new ISRI chairman, Brian Hennessy. Brian, welcome. John, thank you for having me. You know, this has been a long time coming. It's been six years going to the steps of secretary treasurer vice chair chair elect we had two years of covid we were pretty much locked down and before you know it now i'm here so it's a pleasure to be here and thank you for having me great having you You know i'm a former chair as we all know or i don't know we all know but you know i know so we all know it's brotherhood it is and i and it's fun to get to watch you step up and lead you nervous come on this is your first meeting you nervous butterflies I am nervous. I wouldn't say butterflies. I'm anxious. You know, I'm, I'm a perfectionist, so I want to make sure everything goes well. I want to make sure everything goes perfect. I know that can't happen, but, you know, I still strive to, strive to make it perfect. Listen, my first meeting in D.C. as chairman, I got just destroyed because the chairman before me was George Adams, and he had set up something he wanted to do, and then when I brought it up, the board was not ready for it. I just got beat up, and it was like, oh. But it was it's, it's still it was a great experience, and there's nothing like being chair. And you're just getting started, and you know I'm going to tell you this before you know it, you're it's going to be your final convention, and you're going to be done, and you're going to go, uh, how did this happen? Mm-hmm. So embrace it, and every step along the way, stop and, and and enjoy it because it goes by so fast. Are you ready? I'm ready, and you know as you mentioned, it goes so fast. Prior to becoming chair, I. I reached out to a few of uh, my predecessors, George Adams, Doug Kramer, and they all said, or both of them said to me, enjoy it, it will go fast, make the most of it, you know, get your work done, you, know, you have a responsible role in leading the board and the association, but at the same time, enjoy yourself because it goes so fast. So, I'm curious, all right, so being an officer, everybody's always worried about the time commitment mm-hmm. that it takes to be an officer and to be a chairman. I found as a chairman, I had a little more time, but it was never burdensome to me, to my business. How, how are you finding it for you right now? Are you able to balance it? Are you, are you still learning that balance right now? How, how's it going? Well, you don't know, at least my experience, I didn't know exactly what it was going to entail until I began. But look, at we have six years to prepare for this. So I own my own business. I have two partners. So when I became secretary treasurer, we had the time to have a strategy that when I become chair, that the, my partners or other members within our organization are able to pick up and help and assist. So it's not just myself, it's really my organization and my company that's enabling me to do this. So it's a team effort for well, me to be chair. And, you're, and with their support, you're ready to do your role. So let's, let's talk about here, this is your first meeting. Okay. What are we facing as an industry, as a trade association right now? What, what is like the, the big, you know, Megillah, if you will, right now as you enter to our first meeting, what, what, what is it? What's the topic uh, that concerns you and that we need to have here in Washington this week? Well, the biggest one I see is what's going on within the states with uh, legislation before uh, we have a catalytic converter matters that are going on in every state. We have EPR bills. We just had one passed in California recently, and there's other states that are enacting various types of legislation. So we haven't seen this much activity at least in my 15 years in leadership with Israel, as we do today. And in order to get, we need to get ahead of this. And so first, our association, we need to be structured. 
a little bit differently or better, I should say. We need to be more nimble and we need to be quicker to react. Historically, we're slower to react. We'll have a matter come up, we have a board meeting, and then we deal with it at the next boarding. We need to deal, we have to be more fluid and we need to deal with things immediately. Because if we don't get ahead of it, it's, it's moving faster than we are. So we have to do that. The CPR bill in California, I live in California. Mm -hmm. There's a mixed message, maybe you could help clarify. ISRI has shown its support for it, yet the members in our chapter are upset over it. Mm -hmm. what, what's, what are we missing here? The, the, the support in, in the future is all commodities. We are the voice of the recycling industry and we need to represent recycling. Not just we're the voice of the metal recycling, we're the voice of the paper, we're the voice of the plastic, we're the voice of the recycling industry. The support for the EP for the SB 54 out of California was uh, all encompassing of all commodities, specifically within the plastics as it was advertised. The challenge, and I believe in the members in California aren't supportive, is the fact that there is a, there's language within it stating that uh, the, the recyclables are classified back as waste, and I do not support that. Yeah, that, that, that nobody's gonna support that because, you know, as we discuss, and I've discussed many times, during these podcasts about the materials that we recycle. Nobody would ever call gold waste, would they? Not at all. Not Why? Because, because gold, gold is a, it's a commodity, Correct. right? And it's a commodity that has use in commercial products as well as uh, financial institutions. Copper. How is copper waste when copper is in every electrical component from hospitals to schools to our highways to our airports? Copper's not waste. How is aluminum waste? When aluminum, again, is found in everything that we just mentioned, steel. You can't build roads and bridges and hospitals and airports. Again, the automobiles, we can't build any of this without these commodities. Yet, there's this drive to call it waste. How are we gonna get out in front of that, Brian? How, under your leadership, how are you gonna tackle this issue? Well, the first thing is we have to educate, right? And this isn't a, a matter that's going to be resolved in two years as, my, as me being chair. It's a long term. It's, it's a grind. It's a journey. First thing is education. We need to work and educate within our schools, right? We have the Jason Learning Project, which is an ISRI-sponsored uh, curriculum for our teachers. We also need to educate our legislators and our elected officials and, and their staff. So, and I say this to several people. We as a society probably know more about the medical field than we do the recycling industry. If I ask you about medicine, you can tell me what an oncologist is, what a neurologist is, but if I ask you anything beyond the word, recyc beyond your word recycling, you can't tell me much more for the normal person. Right. So we need to educate the population. On top of education, we need to work within the states and create dialogue and definitions so they really know what is the definition of recycling because in other states there's different definitions. You know, the 80-20 rule, 20% of the, 80% of the problems are caused by 20% of the people. <laughs> yeah. It seems that over 80% really what is recycled in this country and repurposed is metals and paper. Okay, Yet, But when you ask the person on the street, tell me about recycling, the first thing they say is plastic bottles, plastic. That's not even, 5% of everything recycled in this country, and yet it gets all the attention. Why? It gets, the it gets the attention because of the media and because of the, when China 
uh, pulled back in their national sword years ago, you know, it, the impact was really in the municipal sector. And the municipal sector uh, roughly is 25-30% of the entire recycling sector, but it got all the press because the, the municipalities were getting a backlog of paper and plastics because it didn't have a home and the structure. It was a market dynamic, it was a market change, and it was slow to respond and to react, and it is getting better at this point. But it had all the press because, unfortunately, what sells newspapers, right? Yeah. Something that's well, all right. controversial. What sells newspapers? Let's mm -hmm. ask this question. Yeah. What are newspapers made from? Recycled paper. Correct. No, there's not one journal, not one ma uh, 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 newspaper made from virgin fiber. It's Correct. made from recycled paper. Mm -hmm. I, I just had to throw that in there. I well, mean, I'm glad you threw it in there. But there's another part, and as we as recyclers, we are innovative. We are great. We're fantastic at what we do. But frankly, we've not been good at promoting our message. We have not been great at getting outside of our bubble and inside of our world and promoting the good of what we do. Listen, we're talking about infrastructure bills. We had, we had two big ones on the federal level. Listen, those bills are not going to work or we're not going to have infrastructure. We're not going to have without recycled material. It's simply not going to happen. And outside of our world, people don't know that. We need to communicate the importance of recycling and how there is no circular economy and there is no infrastructure bills or a successful infrastructure without recyclables. Well, supply chain issues. Now, we, mm -hmm. that's all we've heard since the pandemic and as we've come out of the pandemic, right? Could you imagine without recycled materials how, how horrifically supplied steel mills, aluminum, uh, smelters, and copper, and paper mills would be without recycled content, it wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to have it. Correct. So I, I applaud you on, on that direction. I think that's fantastic. And, you know, you, you push and, you know, you're always going to have challenges as, as a chairman, but, you know, you have a good, a good vision that I can see. What else are you uh, particularly interested in doing as, as chairman in the next two years? What, what would you like to see happen? Well, there's um, a little bit more granular. We're continuing to work in with the railroad issues that many of our members are experiencing, myself included, with the uh, lack of service or poor service. Uh, and also part of that uh, stems from the uh, PSR that was adopted several years ago. Or PSR right stands for? Uh, precision Scheduled Railroading. Okay. And essentially it's about increased validity, uh, fluidity, and lower operating rates within the railroads. Fortunately, they've scaled so much, cut back so much, that we're not getting the service of what we need. And that's important for me to us to continue to work with the Surface Transportation Board or the STB to make sure that we get our members get the results and what we're looking. During the pandemic here in mm -hmm. Washington, D.C., everything was closed. Everybody's working from home and all the government agencies, you know, they're opening up, I guess, slowly, surely. Slowly, correct. How has that affected our ability to communicate with the federal regulators on, you know, things that we see as a challenge and a need to change? How has that affected our ability to communicate? Have we been effective? Is it getting better? What's your... Uh, you know, look back because you were chair elect during this, you know, the height of the pandemic as Gary Chaplin led mm -hmm. his way via Zoom. Mm -hmm. What are you seeing different now, Brian? Well, when we had the pandemic, we were effective in operating under Zoom. We were critical at our association to becoming, uh, to being classified as critical uh, essential business during the pandemic so we could continue to work. Um, but I don't think Zoom is the same. You and I meeting here. 
This right. is so much more effective than us talking on a Zoom call. So while Zoom is an effective tool to manage, it's not the same as meeting in person. So for me personally and what I see, uh, we need to have, we're more effective having in-person meetings. And that's where government agencies, STB, Congress, whatever. Zoom's just not as effective. So, so that said, we, our staff at ISRI and, you know, gets out there and they see it. Well, with the pandemic, a lot of people are working at home, going by Zoom. Now, is staff coming back to the office and being able to make those in-person meetings? Is that, is that growing? Is that something you push or is that something Robin, who's the president, you know, Robin Wiener, everybody knows Robin Wiener. If you've listened to, she's been on my podcast several times, an incredible lady. And you know this, mm -hmm. being chairman, I mean, she takes care of you. It's incredible. But how are we addressing getting back in to do the face-to-face -face with the, the government officials? So staff that the responsibility, like Billy Johnson, or, you know, uh, for government affairs, he, he's out and he's engaging. Uh, with respect to staff getting back to the offices, at this point we're looking at senior leadership to spend one, maybe two days a week within the office. Other members of staff during the pandemic, uh, they've moved a little bit. Many people in the country during the pa uh, pandemic relocated. So I think at this point there's a hybrid, there's not a full plan with staff on how we're gonna get them back into the office, but when it comes to staff members, that, that their role and their responsibilities will engage with elected officials, that's happening now, and it has been happening for some time, and it will continue. Are you wanting, Robin, to, to try to get more people back into the office to be able to be local, or is just because of the pandemic working you know, remotely is just too ingrained now? Is that a challenge for you? What do you like to see? Well, Robin's the president of the association. Her role is to hire, manage staff. And so my, my interactions with Robin is I want our staff to be most effective to serve the members' needs. If we can be extremely effective with, we'll say, accounting personnel working from home, so be it. Okay. But, but if we have staff that needs to be on the Hill or in the Hart office building in the Senate, whatever, we need that. So whatever Robin deems in, in collaboration with myself and, and future chairs is to be most effective if we can. Listen, there's many ways to skin a cat, right? right? So whatever works best, I'm on board. Well, that's excellent. That's, that's good to hear. But, you know, because there's so much with the pandemic and, and to hear that, I, I think as it is remembered, any member who listens to this podcast or watches it should be reassured that ISRI is not stepping back in any way. In fact, you know, they're continuing to push and be in front of the regulators that we need. And mm -hmm. so there's no, oh, the pandemic, we're, we're not as effective. I think we're going to be equally, if not even more effective as we come out even further to keep going. And, and that's important. I think our membership needs to hear that. Correct. We're not using, I don't believe personally using the pandemic as an excuse not to work, an excuse. And I couldn't, I couldn't meet with somebody because of the pandemic or I work from home, I can't do this. Listen, if you're going to be working from home, you can do the job, you can respond to the phone calls, you can attend a member's need. So the, the pandemic, I don't want to say it's fully behind us, but we've learned how to adjust and adapt and react with recyclers. We adapt to market dynamics. It shouldn't be different with our staff and how we operate on the Hill and take care of the members' needs. That is not changing and we're gonna continue. And actually, John, we're growing. Growing meaning we're looking to give more services or better services. Okay. I mean, we're gonna continue to take, raise the bar, okay? Isery membership is a privilege. It's a privilege to be a member of this association for the work in which we do for each other. We are a member-led association, volunteers such as myself, such as yourself, Right? We need to take care of ourselves, we need to protect, and we need to promote our association. And our staff is a mechanism in which we do it. And we're going to continue to do that, and we're going to continue to grow. 
Excellent. Speaking of growth, and let's talk membership growth. What's your goals? What are we doing? Well, we, two years ago, uh, we started the uh, initiative or the PATH 1600 members. Uh, we uh, have a, a couple years on the job now. Brianna Gianti, the vice president of membership, uh, she's been knocking it out of the park. Uh, also, her with the working with volunteer leadership, Neil Bice, who is now our secretary treasurer, but with Neil Bice and at the time Marvin Finkelstein. Uh, we established that path of 1,600, and we're well over 1,300. And we well continue over 1,300. That, that's right. real good. We are. So when do we think we're going to hit 1,600? Uh, next year is my goal. That's fantastic. It's well, my goal. But 2,000, you know, huh? Hey, nonstop. John, we need a goal. If you, why have a goal? If you, why have a goal? And that's going to be a high bar. But the the the, the point again to the the path of 1,600, it's getting members, but also we need to be better at re retaining members. You know, the old sign in business, you get new business and then you don't focus on keeping. You put so much energy into getting new business, new members, and once you get them, we, we have to have a mechanism in place so we retain them. So we're also reaching out to new members, existing members, and be more engaging. You know, I've been in Israel for 25 years and a common theme I used to hear is, I only hear from Israel when they need something or it's about money or dues, okay. right? We wanna get out and get more into the grassroots, get into the, into the membership, and we want to be proactive and reach out to them before they need to reach out to us. Is that, when I was chairman, I traveled around. Is mm -hmm. that one of your you know, goals for you as chairman to travel to the chapter, to the chapter events, to help chapters sustain their growth and to understand what's going on? Is that part of your plan? Actually, that is part of my plan. And I'll tell you, I got that plan from you. Because when you were chair, <laughs> You were chair, your goal, I don't know if you succeeded, but you wanted to visit every chapter. I did not get to years. every chapter. I but got that to, was your goal. I tried, and, I, and I, I did not get to it. But you know what? I think that's fantastic because I think ultimately our members, they need to pay attention a little more, in my mm -hmm. opinion. Uh, we have some great members who participate on the governance, but the everyday member needs to engage too because we don't know their concerns or their needs if they stay silent and hopefully with your travels now that the pandemic's over you get you know people are going to be excited to come to Israel events because they, they had to stay away for a couple of years that they can re-engage in the process of everything you're trying to your goals for you know being more in front of the governments and and being more visible and get spread the word and, and, and educate and hopefully they'll come out and you'll have that opportunity going forward you know John um Many members believe that, you know, well, I was, a, I was a previous chapter president, so my path to becoming chair started within the chapters in the Rocky Mountain chapters. I'm from Denver, Colorado. And what I learned during, that, during this, this time and this journey is there's a, there's a perspective that oh, it's only national in Israel. for the big companies and it's national and we're not grassroots enough. And, and that's so far from the truth. But the reality is we need to, I need to get and we need to change that reality, we, or that perspective. And in doing that is, is, is getting into the chapters and meeting with everyone, sharing their concerns. I'm a business owner. I'm a small, mid-sized company business. I don't have 300 yards, right? I have one yard. I have 100-some employees. But I'm just like everyone else, right? I'm not the biggest. I'm not the smallest. But your concerns are my concerns, and we're there, and we're member-led. Another uh, thing that I've heard through my years in leadership is I've heard people that own small companies would say to me, Israel's just for the big companies, just for the big companies, not us, which is so far from the truth if you look at the programs in which we have. But at the same time, or a day later, I'll talk to a CEO or members of large companies, 
and they'll share their perspective that ISRI is just for the smaller companies. <laughs> and so when I hear that, that tells me we are providing services for everyone. And the power of ISRI, and the great thing is, we all are equal and we all have one vote. You know, I think that's well said. And, and it is true that a lot of people think it's for the big company, the big company's going to, but the fact is, ISRI is for every company. It is. There's so many services and programs it provides. And, and you know, we got to, we're going to be spreading that news always. And uh, you getting out there, I, I, I really commend you on, on that effort that you're going to put forth. And uh, um, it's exciting. I always enjoyed it myself. So let's talk about the convention for a second. I, 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 got, I got one for you. When I was chair, or when George Adams was chair, we had Bill Clinton. And there was all this uproar about Bill Clinton being there because, you know, the red, blue, you mm -hmm. know, right, left. Then when I was chairman, we had George W. Bush. And again, the same thing. And then Jerry Sims called me all concerned. We have uh, Hillary Clinton, you know, former Secretary of State. And I said, Jerry, you know, it's your show. And a former Secretary of State has a forum. But now we have two ex-presidents we haven't had. I, I got, I'm sorry. <laughs> but could you, I mean, Obama and Trump, polar opposites and incredibly divisive or people will lose their marbles if you have one and you get the other. What's your thoughts about that? A former president, did they have a form or you just want to steer clear it all together, buddy? Uh, that's an excellent question, John. Uh, historically, Israel has always had a former president. We've actually had former heads of state, Margaret Thatcher, I believe, being right. one of them. I met when her. I was younger, she was fantastic. Uh, amazing. Uh, but I would John like Major. to continue, John Major, I'd like to continue with former presidents, but the world's different in the last five years than it was when you were chair. And we are so polarized politically. I, I'm not certain if I, at this point, uh, think it's best to have a former sitting president today. Uh, it's and kind also, of a shame because- It is. It's because a, no matter your political view, they have such unbelievable experience of what they did. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I don't care. Republican. Me, I believe a former president should be at Israel, but you're right. It's probably a little bit too polarizing and it's unfortunate, but you got some, uh, you probably get some great ideas of, of keynote speakers because I think people do when they come to the convention like to hear somebody who can bring home some, you know, take home values and wow, I got to see so and so speak. What other things about the convention have you thought so about? So I, I have a couple ideas oh, with, with keynote speakers that I don't want to share at this point. But okay. my intention is to get somebody that's going to be a draw. Somebody that's going to be a draw and also share value to the, the member that's going to be at that, at that, at that speech or, or something, a takeaway. You know, as you come back to George Bush, George W. Bush, he was very controversial as president. Yes, but when very. he spoke, I can't begin to tell you how many individuals that I knew that were on the other side or didn't have the same views as him that bought his book because he was so good. But the lead up to that is, is much more divisive today. Yeah, but, it's unfortunate. See, to me that's unfortunate because <laughs> as chairman, the privilege of being a chairman is be able to choose, if affordable, who you want as a keynote speaker. And, and if affordable is the key. The, yeah, the, the, I got it's, imagine. It's, it's getting, it's getting it maybe pricing us out of that market for, for former presidents. But there's also secretaries of state I tell you, I'd really be keen if we could get a former Secretary of State to give our perspective of the world today, what's happening in Ukraine, what, what's going on with China and its implication, and what's going on in the South China Sea, where their vision is, where they see us in the United States five years, six years from now. I would love, I think it'd be fantastic to get an individual who could share that, share their perspective. Well, I, I, I share that with you, and, and I hope 
you're able to to bring that forth and you know look conventions you know are a big part of Israel's revenue and a successful convention requires people to attend and a good draw helps with the the, the budget of uh, Israel what other things outside the convention and programs that you th- that you're you're exploring that you would like to to see if it's possible we can put out there to our membership. Well, if I may first touch on the convention coming up next year. It's in Nashville, as everybody knows. It's our first time in Nashville, Music City. And uh, uh, the location is ideal. Anecdotally, roughly 40 million people are within a close proximity of Nashville. So many of our members, so they could get to Nashville easier than let's say getting on a plane and flying to Vegas. So it's the first time there. Nashville has been courting us for many years. So I'm very excited. Uh, I attended a uh, NCSL, which is National Conference of State Legislators convention there right before the pandemic, five, 6,000 people, and it was lights out. So I'm so excited for Nashville. It's going to be great. And another, another little plug is I'm going to, or we're looking at having music is going to be one of the themes for the convention. Oh, fantastic. Which, come back to your, when you were the chair. You I like my music. Fantastic I, I, closing. You know. <laughs> so we really like want to music. focus on the music. Oh, fantastic. Focus on the music. But to answer your question and what we're looking at, um, I, I really want to get more member engagement within the association. Again, this, this is said repeatedly over the years, but we need to find a better approach to communicate it. We are member-led. Our members lead this association, and we get more with the village. And especially what's going on within the states right now, we need member engagement, we need members to participate because if we're not engaged, somebody else is gonna make decisions for us, right? And another thing in, in looking at in the future and what we can do is, I, I gave this in my speech uh, at the last convention, times have changed, right? When I was growing up to own a business, it was, it was pretty simple. You pay your taxes, you, you, uh, you, you create jobs, and that's it, and you stay under the radar, stay behind your fence, and, you just, and, you, and, you, and you're good. Those, those, those days are over. You know, I'm active within my community and I go to my elected officials within my city. They don't wanna hear that I provide jobs and I pay taxes. What am I doing for the community? How am I engaged? How am I bettering um, the environment? Am I a good steward of the environment? I mean, that's, that's all part of it now. And so those days I think are behind us. I think that message is important and I support it 100% in your efforts and if I can do anything to help, and I'm hoping this podcast you know, people listen to will understand that it's important. What you just said mm-hmm. is vitally important. And your leadership, because you believe in it, I, I see we'll see some changes. And I, I want to wish you the best of luck. So we're coming up here. We're, I know you got, you're busy. You got to get to your executive committee <laughs> meeting, which is always fun. I, I always love it. I'm having a good time speaking with you. This well, I appreciate that. But, you know, best of luck to you. Thank and, you. And, and more than anything, I, I, and I've told you this and I say it again, it's... Uh, it's about having some fun mm-hmm. with it because it's serious work. We know, and you're a serious guy, but you're a guy who likes to have a smile on your face and you also understand the need to have some fun. So, you know, I like to say it, I gotta say it this podcast because I haven't said it yet, but you know, us in the recycling industry and every member of Israel, we are the original environmentalist. We are? We are the original environmentalist, you know it. And so you getting the message out, I support you 100% and I think Anybody who understands the need now to even be more out front, we can't hide behind our fences. We have to be out in front now, showing what it is we do and what we provide and the products mm-hmm. that are made from what we do. And that's vitally important, and I support you 100%, Brian. Thank you for coming Thank on. Thank you for Pilot having Scott. me. Appreciate it. And uh, 
I think I'm going to have to change the name, Pile of Scrap. I think this coming up here soon, Scrap's something we've, we're going to have to eliminate. But anyway. That's the next podcast. We can go into that. <laughs> that might be the next <laughs> one. So that's it for this episode of Pile of Scrap. This has been a Sierra International Machinery original audio series. Thanks for listening. Please share this podcast and make sure to subscribe.